0: proud new democrat and host of the herd podcast we've got episode three here today and i am really excited for this episode today because here in the studio today i am having a conversation with leader of alberta's official opposition former premier rachel notley now, let me tell you, I first met Rachel back in 2014. So basically, I was invited to a coffee party. Some friends uh, were hosting a coffee party at their house. They invited me over, and it was when Rachel was running to be leader of the Alberta NDP. So that was in September of 2014. Now I've been watching Alberta politics for a while, and I had a lot of respect for the core four, as it were, for Brian Mason, Darren Billis, David Egan, and Rachel Notley, and the work they'd been doing in legislature sort of uh, I viewed them as sort of a really effective guerrilla strike team in the opposition they punched well above their weight but I had never had the opportunity to connect with him this is my first opportunity I attended this coffee party and I got to hear Rachel speak and I just found it incredibly engaging it was incredible to, to have a chance to meet her personally uh she's got a certain charm about her and I was like you know what this is someone I believe in. This is a party that represents the values I believe in. And so that night I bought a membership. That was the first time I became a member of a political party. Well, fast forward about six months, and all of a sudden I was a candidate, <laughs> and I was running in the 2015 election. Uh, and I had the opportunity then again to meet Rachel. She came by to my campaign office and uh, met my parents. And again, was just uh, incredibly down to earth, incredibly charming, and. we knew it, there we were. We were in the legislature and I was working with Rachel as uh, the premier of Alberta and having that opportunity I had there in the back bench. Now, in all honesty, I didn't get a lot of chance to get to know Rachel over the last four years. She had uh, obviously a lot on her plate. (laughs) I had a lot on mine, but I was really proud of the work that we were all able to do together. And I was really proud to be able to support her in that work through last election and to be continuing to work with her in the legislature now. So I'm really excited for this opportunity now to sit down, have a bit of a talk with her today, a bit of personal stuff, talk and get to know her a little bit better and talk a little bit about the values that she's fighting for here in the province of Alberta. All right. Well, thanks, Rachel. Really appreciate you coming in today. So let's wind back the clock a little bit. So we're back in 2008. You're a successful lawyer. You've got a growing family, a nice, fulfilling life. What on earth possessed you to get into politics?
1: Oh, I sometimes ask myself that, uh, even now, um, you know, what I always used to tell people back in the day is, is, you know, like as with all lawyers, you know, you can, you can fight the same fight over and over and over again, uh, or you can just change the law so that nobody has to have that fight. And I will say that there were a lot of things that I was fighting about over and over and again, right up until the time I got elected. And I was very pleased that in our term after 2015, we, we got to change a lot of those laws very quickly. Uh, so somebody doesn't have to have that fight over and over again.
0: That's great. So you spent that, so you had done that work as a lawyer, you get yourself elected, you find yourself in the house, you're going into QP. Did your experience as a lawyer help set you up for that at all?
1: Oh, not originally. Uh, no, originally it was just very overwhelming and I was super stressed and anxious uh, and intimidated by the process. Uh, you may or may not recall, but but about three weeks after I got elected, uh, one of my uh, my part-time CAs who hmm. uh, had been hired by, and, and I'd kept on, um, in my office uh, decided that uh, um, without letting me know that she was going to repel herself from the uh, roof of the shop. Uh, center in front of uh, Ed Stelmak and drop a a banners uh, that was quite critical of Ed Stelmak. So I found out about it same time, the media, when the media broke, it was when I found (laughs) out that it was her. And, uh, I spent, uh, it was a bit of baptism by fire. I spent two or three days being followed and this is not by the media, a a gaggle of about 20 medias back in the day when there was actually 20, when we still have lots of reporters (laughs) and, you know, a very angry gaggle of reporters wanting me to answer for this. And, uh, you know, as a new opposition member, you're typically chasing the media, but this time they were chasing me like literally three weeks into being elected. So that was fun. Uh, anywho, uh, moved on from that to having, learning the house and, and Brian Mason loves to tell the story about how at one point he tried to get up to go to the bathroom and I sort of dug my claws into his arm and said, you are not leaving me in here by myself. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but eventually I, you know, I mean, immediately I became the critic of for 13 ministries okay. and soon enough I learned, you know, I had a question every day and, and, uh, I had to do, you know, uh, be be the critic for thirteen ministries, so eventually you learn your way around. And I guess yeah. I did.
0: Yeah, that's excellent. A lot of variety. And speaking of which, so it's not all down. There's some fun parts of the job. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know one of the parts you really enjoyed, at least from the photographic evidence, is uh, getting to meet babies. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, love uh, meeting, meeting getting babies. to meet puppies and all manner of animals. Oh, babies, puppies, Pretty so much anything good. cuddly. The best thing. But I got to ask, you know, so given. Good. Do you have a puppy, David? Uh, I don't. Actually, I, I feel I like I want to leave but, now but, you know, this, yeah.
1: this interview. I was promised a puppy.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I'm no, sorry. No puppy? Uh, oh, we'll we'll man. see what we can do.
1: I'm talking to my staff. So I'm just to- wondering in all these times <laughs> you've had the
0: chance to sort of uh, play with babies and puppies and everything you ever uh, been on the receiving end of a bit of an accident?
1: Uh of <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not that I can actually remember, you know, that, that's pretty impressive. Um, you know, I mean, I, I will actually say, I think there's the occasional parent that, that has a baby that's already gone through that and they give it to me cause they just don't want to hold it at that point. But, uh, uh, you know, no, I, not that I can think of, but then again, when you, when you have a dog, which I do, and you've been a mother, which I have and am, um, you don't even notice those things.
0: Right. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. It's kind of just, it just water it, off it's, a duck's back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's all part of the course, yeah, in date. Okay, here's you know here's a question for you. I know you talked about this a little we a little bit the other day at the AUMA convention. I understand that when your time as premier with the security, you earned a little bit of a nickname.
1: Oh my lord! Well, I, I think there were a few, but I do remember at a certain point. Yes, they had taken to calling me Honey Badger, uh-huh. and uh, and yes, most people don't understand <laughs> that, but yes, YouTube Honey Badger. Yeah, and Honey uh, Badger you, don't care. Yeah, honey badger honey badger don't give a you know. Oh yes. Yeah. Indeed. yes indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh listen, honey badger is uh tough and uh resilient and never stops, so I guess it works.
0: Yeah. And uh, when you had the guys at security, uh, I guess they kind of went with you everywhere.
1: I did. Uh, you know, I think probably the most uh, d- difficult part of that job for them was the fact that when we would drive, because we actually drove a lot because, you know, we didn't have the private planes and uh, quite frankly, you could get more work done when you were in the vehicle. So we drove all over Alberta a lot, but what did I think probably drive them bananas was the fact that I insisted we had to listen to my music. Ah. And so they had to listen to a lot of, you know, folk roots feminist stuff <laughs> which i know is they they, they found okay. their inner folk root feminist whether well, they wanted they? You to or not
0: absolutely
1: i think they can all sing closer to fine now <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: speaking of which i know you are a big fan of music you attended a few shows uh that i've been at over the last few years uh any sort of local bands or anyone that you're particularly a fan of
1: Oh, well, of course, you know, in 2015, the lovely scenic route from Alaska or scenic route to Alaska, uh, did, did, let us use their, um, uh, one of their songs for, uh, um, our, our music video. So that was really cool. And, uh, pretty, pretty big fan of Noella Charles. Ah, and, yeah, she's uh, so she's fantastic. And, uh, oh gosh, you know, I'm having one of those moments, right? Oh, well, Tom Phillips, of course I see Tom Phillips. Ah, from like, Calgary, yeah. Huh? I like yeah. to see him at the blues can as Many uh, Tuesdays as one can yeah. uh, when one's down in Calgary. He's got a
0: great band. You no, know, because they are so tight, it a, is and his he's pair of got sisters that, that perform
1: with them. They, or? they perform with him, and yeah. I'm missing their names right now. Yeah, but they're so remember good the harmonies. Yeah, all that. and 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 you know, so he's got just a whole swack of uh, Calgary musicians that kind of rotate through playing with him too. So I think he's kind of an icon to a lot of folks. And then Leroy Stager is of really course, from uh, great. Yeah. So I've met him, and and uh, uh, so there's this Oh, and of course, I got to meet Katie Lang uh, at one point. So that's that was just very fun, but yeah, you know, we could go on. For, there's just a lot of great Alberta musicians, and and I just like music generally. I've, I've had a chance to to see a lot of folks at different places, and it's one of my favorite hobbies.
0: So, big fan of music, but also the arts in general. In fact, you've had a community event you've been running in your constituency. I guess it started even before you were elected, but you've kept it going. Art from the unknown,
1: exactly. So, so yeah, it was started originally by Raj Panu, and then I kept it going once I was elected in 2008. So, I haven't. I it up, but it's been it's a community staple and it's a it's an opera it, what we basically do is we create a studio or a gallery uh for emerging artists to show their art and and then we do everything we can to get people out to it so that these folks can show and of course sell their art because mm. that's what's the most important thing so we call it art from the unknown and this year it's uh, uh runs Friday October 25th through to the 27th and it takes place as usual at the Strathcona Performing Art Center, which is at eight four two six Gateway Boulevard, or better known as just immediately north of the Strathcona Farmers Market. Right. And uh, on the Friday night, starting at six until nine, we also have a reception that's open to anybody, uh, where we will have uh, wine and cheese. And of course, throughout the event, we also have a bit of live music playing, uh, and people can sort of come to the reception, which is really fun on Friday night, and then sort of come back or just just come anytime through the Saturday Sunday to to browse and and see the art and then hopefully buy some stuff from the artist I have to tell you I have the most eclectic looking house right now because <laughs> I bought so much art from this place uh over the years and uh it makes me happy some of my favorite things in my house is to just look at some of the paintings I've gotten from these beautiful artists uh and um so I urge people to come on down and uh uh talk to me and buy some art
0: so just curious, Rich, uh, you've talked to me a little bit about some of the things you've really enjoyed doing in the period. One of them that you mentioned was you really enjoyed the opportunities you had to go and talk with some of the kids in schools. Hmm.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I love. I've, I've always loved going into schools. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I think in a different life I would have been a teacher. Um, and uh, so I love going. I love going into high schools. I also love going into schools with younger kids and and connecting with them. I, I really enjoy uh, reading uh, during Read in Week. I'd like to take line written by Tommy Douglas, uh, into the schools. I tell you, if uh, if you wanting to troll Jason Kenny, there is nothing more effective than. And going into a school and reading Mouse Land to another group of 30 grade 6 students. It drives
0: him bananas. Indeed. Indeed. Now, tell me a little bit now, Mouse Land, for those who don't know, uh, what's that about? What's uh, So is Mouse
1: a- Land is, is uh, a story, it's, it's basically a storified version of, of um, what Tommy Douglas used to describe in his speeches back in the day. Uh, Tommy Douglas, of course, being the former premier of Saskatchewan, who's the father of Medicare. Um, and he used to tell a story Story just about a bunch of mice who whose life were, lives were getting harder and harder. And they repeatedly um, elected cats uh, who then came up with more laws that made their lives even harder. And so eventually a mouse comes along and says, hey, why don't we elect a mouse instead of a cat so we can take care of ourselves? And that's basically the story. I mean, he does a much better job um, and it's much longer Um at, and it uh, initiates great conversations in the in the classrooms and uh, it's it's a part of Canadian history.
0: And it's, a, I think, a great description of the values that uh, that Tommy Douglas brought in bringing forward Medicare and a lot of what he did as a premier. And fundamentally, I think maybe politics all really comes down to a question of values. I mean, every party, we're putting forward our vision for the province. that's based in our fundamental beliefs about what we think is right or wrong, what kind of world we want to live in. So let's talk about that A little bit because I I talk with people who are a little disappointed with how the election went this year. Like you said, they're watching this new government now that's kind of just seems intent on tearing down anything that you know they feel is is not them. What can you say to people about that? I mean, how? What kind of hope do people have? How do we move forward here and try to keep building on some of the ground we gained in the last four years?
1: Well, I mean, I think that that uh, you know, at the end of the day. If, if you are engaged in politics for something that is not about yourself but it's for something that's bigger than yourself um, and you 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 feel it in your your heart um, and you approach it with integrity and with uh, diligence um, and with effort that sooner or later uh, you know you're going to see go- uh, better outcomes um, I, I i believe that i have to believe that and uh, i think that that there are many 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 other people throughout our province that do that too. They go to work every day and they do that work already. Uh, There are people who volunteer every day and they do that work already. And and so we just need to be uh, courageous and fearless about talking about those things with each other and talking about a different vision for our province. Um, We've been through a tough time in Alberta and, and that's real, but I think we need to make sure that we don't let the loss that we've experienced as a province define our thinking uh, in a way that limits our future for a really long time. And I and I think that, that the loss we experienced as a province as a result of the drop in the price of oil defined our thinking in a very uh, definitive way in the last election. That is fine. But I think we need to pick ourselves up and start planning for a better future. And that means uh, thinking about what we can do together to make that happen.
0: And sometimes I think we recognize that change takes a long time. You can put a lot of work in that maybe Mm -hmm. isn't seen. We talked earlier about some of our favorite bands, and I know myself coming out of the music industry a lot of times, you'll see a band make it big. You go, wow, that's amazing. You know, they just came out of nowhere when that band, you know, they spent a decade toiling in the underground and playing bars and touring across the country before that opportunity broke. Now you were telling me a similar sort of story about your recent uh, experience at event uh, recognizing 75 years since Tommy Douglas first became premier
1: well I think there what was really neat was uh, you know it, it, it wasn't so much about they came out of nowhere but what it was about w- was seeing the the simplicity and the integrity and the the modesty of of a group of people that just came together uh with a clarity uh of principle and purpose to create something that was really important so i'll digress a bit and try to paint the picture let me tell you the Mm. story so i digress a bit back in the day you know in the alberta ndp we would have these these fundraisers and they were a misery i gotta tell you just a misery (laughs) and and i say this when i was uh you know i grew up in the party and i might be you know 17, 18 years old, and then right. dragged along to one of these things, and, and everyone would have been, you know, arm twisted into buying their, you know, $100 uh, banquet ticket. And we'd go into the event and we'd sit at the table, and then we'd look at the agenda, and not a word of a lie, we'd have eight people on the agenda. <laughs> all of the most ardent activists and party leaders who right. all had to get up and speak, and they'd all been told they had to speak for five minutes. Of course, they all spoke for 15. And it was a minute, it just <laughs> went on forever. So eventually, we managed to avoid, we managed to eliminate a lot of those kinds of events uh, in Alberta. But I got invited to go out to speak at the 75th anniversary in Saskatchewan of Tommy Douglas's uh, election. And I walk into this room and it's the average age is, you know, probably 65, 70 years old and everyone's diligently bought their hundred dollar ticket. And I sit down and I look at the agenda and sure enough, there's a lot of people on the agenda and I'm like, oh, here we go. But slowly, over the course of the night, it was—it was like you know, two hundred yeah. people in the room. It was or two hundred fifty. It was very modest, you know, kind of down. You know, just just not a down, but right. but just a, just a humble, modest kind of uh, real sort of affair. But as people were talking, this light slowly started to go on for me, and I realized that I was uh, I was witnessing absolutely beautiful living history huh. as as each of the speakers got up to speak about um, not just Tommy Douglas but but uh we had you know uh, Roy Romano got up and he spoke about his relationship with Tommy Douglas and his time uh in the Saskatchewan government even be- well before he was premier and and Lauren Calvert got up and he talked about sort of the the social justice religious history of the party and then and then this fellow got up and or one person got up and talked about the history of Alan Blakeney I mean here's a guy who was an MLA for 28 years after having been a deputy minister in government and a Rhodes scholar, and he just dedicated himself to public service. And then this other fellow got up; he's like 96 years old, and he started mm-hmm. talking about Woodrow Lloyd, who was the health minister who finally landed public health care. And and uh, and he talked about the fights with the doctors. And this guy's like 97 years old; he did not search for a word. Once he spoke without notes and wow. he told us this story. And and at the end of the night, yes, we went off the agenda and it took a bit longer than we'd expected, but there were all these real stories of this group of, of people who were so dedicated and, and so passionate about bringing in public health care in Saskatchewan. It didn't happen overnight. It took something like 15 years of their government. But these people just quietly in this room telling the stories of how they were all part of what ultimately became the best Thing that Canadians have ever done for each other in our history as a country, and I realized that it could just be these these this group of two hundred people who bought their their hundred dollar ticket, and they didn't have the glitz of the super rich. They didn't have all the bells and whistles. They didn't have all the contacts. They didn't have all the. The uh, the you know the media on in their on, you know in their corner they didn't have all that they were just a group of earnest hardworking people mm. who thought that they could make life better for folks and then they just did it and it was incredibly inspiring for me and I said to someone you know I don't think you folks in Saskatchewan I think you take for granted the the import of of what you did and who these people
0: are anyway it's kind of cool that's an incredible story. I think probably a good one to go out on. And, and I'll say this, Rachel, I've really appreciated the opportunity I've had to work with you so far. You know, since we got in 2015, I think we've had the chance to make a little bit of history in some respects here. We need a little bit here, yeah, too. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and uh, I don't think we're done yet. We
1: are absolutely not done yet. There is more work to be done. Absolutely. More things that we can do to make life better for all Albertans.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks, David. All right. Well, there you go, folks. That was the one, the only Rachel Notley. Always a great conversation. So looking forward to next week, we're going to be changing things up just a little bit. We're headed back into the legislature starting the fall session, first full session here. We're going to have the first budget from this government. And so we're going to try things a little bit differently. We're going to bring you some highlights from the House, maybe a little bit from some of the debate, from question period. And speaking of question period, we thought we'd do a little bit of QP of our own. So, why don't you hit us up on social media. We've got a post up on our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash The Herd Pod. Just look for The Herd Podcast on Facebook. Got a post up there. Tell us, what are you interested in hearing about next week? Post your questions. We'll go through. We'll choose a few. Uh, We'll try to find some good stuff to talk about. What do you want to know about this upcoming legislative session? So, to take us out today... We've got one of the artists that Rachel was talking about earlier. This is a singer-songwriter from Calgary. He's been around for a while. I remember hearing this gentleman's name back when I was still playing in the music scene here in Edmonton. This is a gentleman named Tom Phillips. Used to have a band, uh, Tom Phillips and the Men of Constant Sorrow. Just going under his own name these days. So he's got a fantastic live band that Rachel was talking about. We've had a chance to see him play down at the Blues Can in Calgary. So here we go, folks. Uh, We've got Tom Phillips and his song, Still Be Around. See you next week.
2: I don't see you through the windshield. I don't see you in faces looking back at me. Alcohol doesn't have much that matters to say. Can't imagine where you in time kill will stay When the Bible is a bottle hardwood floors home when the morning comes twice a day or not at all if I break in two will you put me back together when this puzzle's figured out will you still be around to say you've just been there walking the line upside down Walk and breathe, many a cancer smile with a bad one, eyes too slow to beat the coffin. Won't tell it on the TV, can't sit on the radio, pay the mood off the shelf, and into our minds until you can't tell the truth when it's right in front of your eyes, when the Bible is a bottle. Hardwood floors home When the morning comes twice a day You're not all If I break in two Will you put me back together When this puzzle's figured out Will you still be around to say you've just been there Walking the line upside down What do you think?
0: Maybe one more real quick.